Now I have with me Sebastian van Bentum, who is the fitness trainer of Talon Greek Sport, a player who really has made some significant strides over the last couple of years. And I wonder if the gentleman opposite me has uh, a good deal to do with that. Sebastian, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the ATP podcast. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me. Well, you're very welcome. It's a great pleasure. But I want to take you back to the start of his particular journey because as we speak, he's inside the top 50. When you joined him, he was outside the top 150 in the world. So it, you must have been on quite a ride these last couple of years. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a special moment. The first tournament uh, on the Challenger Tour that I did with him was a challenger in Bratislava, outside. It was a tryout, of course, where this is how the, these things go, like that. So we did a two-week period and, uh, yeah, our first challenger, he won in Bratislava. And uh, after that, uh, he said, you can stay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 2021 was a great ride for Talon. He uh, eventually won eight challengers, uh, I think five in a row on three different surfaces. So uh, that was the beginning of, uh, of a special rise of him. And he ended up uh, that year in the top 100, so he could play in 2022 uh, all the big tournaments. Sounds like in the space of two weeks, you made quite an impact. I don't know how much credit you could take for that first win in Bratislava. Um, but what did you find when, when, when you turned up? What does a, what does a player in, in that kind of area in the world rankings look like? Well, first of all, his tennis coach reached out to me uh, with the question, we need not a, not a player who's more explosive or more speed. We want him to be available for at least 25 tournaments a year. And that was the problem with, with Talon. He, he, he was a, he's a really explosive guy, really strong, 90 kilo, pure muscle. But he was not always available for tournaments. And you can be the best in the world, but if you're not available for tournaments, you have injuries or yeah, it could be anything, you're, you, you cannot win points. And so the big question was, can you get him a stable fitness level? that he is uh, be able to play 25 tournaments a year uh, and at least three tournaments in a row. And uh, after we start working, that, that worked out really well the, for the first, first 2021 season because, yeah, he, he won a lot of matches in a row. Uh, I, I think he won like 28 matches in a row. So for the tennis coach, my job was uh, successfully uh, succeed. Why did they get in touch with you? Give us an idea about your background. Well, his, his tennis coach at that time, Dennis Schenk, uh, I, I used to know him from the Tennis Federation, the Dutch Tennis Federation. I worked there for nine years. Uh, at that time, we worked with different other Dutch players like Robin Haas, Timo de Bakker, some Dutch girls. And um, when I left the Federation after nine years, I, I still kept contact with him. Uh, also about Talon, you know, because Talon is a little bit out of my region. So where I live, he also lives in Amsterdam, around Amsterdam. So it was always like texting, like a good job, but never with Talon, only with Dennis. And then um, I was working at a football club in Rotterdam. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Well, the uh, football club yeah. in Rotterdam. Um, uh, he reached out to me and said, do you know someone who's be able to travel with Talon like a physiotherapist or a strength and conditioning coach to help him to find his his basic fitness level a little bit bit better uh, and that was the time that I said maybe for me after five years it's good to come back in tennis how would you like if I do it myself was that what he was secretly hoping you would say I don't know but <laughs> 
the question was, do you know someone? And I can also be that one. <laughs> so uh, in the end, uh, we had this tryout period in Bratislava, and and this is the way I know uh, the the reason why I know this team. How difficult was it to come on in the middle of a year? Because uh, he was up and running at yeah. that point, wasn't it? Yeah. So, how, I mean, you don't have much time to affect a pre-season no. or anything like that. What kind of change can you make in, in a short period? Yeah, well, first of all, you, you, you join a player uh, to his tournament. And the first working day, I said to him, how did you do it in the past when you travel with a, with a fitness coach? And then he told me, this is, this is my first time ever I, I travel with a fitness coach. So I told him, okay, can you show me your warm-up and then, then we go from there. He said, well, actually, I'm, I'm paying you this week, so I want you to do my warm-up. I said, okay, you want to jump just in the, in the deep straight away. He said, yeah, I would like that. Just do what you think is best for me and I will follow. So from that day on, uh, we start working and we never uh, looked back uh, to what he did. We just, we just knew the, did this new vibe. Yeah. And, and clearly when you have good results straight away, that must have formed a bond between you and the player very quickly, which is extremely useful. Yeah, of course, after that first week win, it, the buy-in was unbelievable. Uh, he said, it must be working, I'm feeling good, um, uh, so let's continue, you know, I, I don't want to lose this feeling. I mean, Presumably the reality is that at 150 in the world, you're not frankly earning enough money to pay for a full-time physical trainer. How many guys at challenger level are able to call on that kind of expertise? Yeah, I, that's still something really special. Uh, Talon uh, really did invest in his career because he was having two tennis coaches at that time, Dennis Schenk and Raymond Sluiter, and they both do a part-time job. And then he added me to the team as, a, as like an extra fitness coach full-time. So he really invested all his earning money uh, to his career and it paid out straight away. But I can imagine that for other players, it must be difficult to keep their head up. Yeah, and, and for you, I guess that, that is a sign of a loyalty and a devotion if you're leaving a full-time job that you had with a big football club to come and work with a player who's using every last penny yep. to pay for you, you know that he's serious, right? Yeah, true, uh, straight away. Uh, I knew that already from some people uh, who have been working with him in the past, so tennis coaches, but also the fitness coach from the, from the Tennis Federation. So yeah, he, he was aiming for much more than the Challenger Tour. He wanted to go higher. What's it been like then, making the jump from the challenges to the bigger events and then suddenly finding yourselves... I mean, he'll have had a big flavour of this from, from what he'd achieved before, but to be around the big guys at the Masters 1000 events, the 500s, and seeing the teams and the people, was it an adjustment for you as well as for him? For me, not, not really. Of course, the, the big tournaments, they have big facilities, you know, you have your ice baths at all the Grand Slams, you have your, your gyms everywhere, so you don't have to travel with a lot of equipment. But um, I think Talon had a, had a difficult year in 2022 uh, to adjust. He had some tough, tough losses. He started the season really well in Australia, um, but in the end he didn't, didn't fall out of the top 100. So for your first year on the on the full time on the ATP tour, he did actually 
for me pretty well. He had some injuries um, on his neck that, that was difficult to explain. He missed like five tournaments because of that. We didn't know where it came from. We didn't know how to solve it. That was a problem. He had two times COVID. He missed, he missed a couple of tournaments. So it was a difficult year and yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about 2023 already, but uh, yeah. Well, 2023 has started well um, because he's already on the board with a victory at tour level in, in Pune. And, and you were there amidst changes to his coaching team. So do tell us the story about how it's worked out. Yeah, that uh, that started out. Yeah, the the 2023 season started amazing. Um, it it started a little bit earlier. He had a breakup with his tennis coach Raymond Sluiter in the in the preseason, beginning of December. Um, after that, uh, his tennis coach Dennis Schenk came t- from Mallorca, where he's living, to help him in the preseason tennis coaching, in the tennis training. But he had a long holiday planned already, so there was a little bit of a problem because Dennis couldn't come to the trip of India and Australia and Talon was not ready uh, with finding a new tennis coach. So at that time uh, he said, I'm gonna gonna go to India and to Australia with you alone. And... uh, How did you feel about that? I, I felt not a bigger responsibility or anything, but it was okay. It was okay. It was his choice. That was the main, the main, and the biggest uh, thing. He should make the decision. He could hire a tennis coach for for a shorter amount of time. Um, but in the end, he during the December, he he got an agreement with his old coach from where he worked in the past, Christoph Fliege, and uh, so he know when he left to Australia and to India that uh, he has a coach waiting for him for starting the first of February. Things went very well when it was just uh, you and Talon in Pune, didn't you? Because they, you won the tournament together. I mean, again, it, it went, it went really well. And, and one of the things that we've noticed this week is that you often are a hitting partner for him as well as the fitness trainer. Um, so was that particularly useful on that trip when it was just you and him? Um, I know he's he's listening this interview, so I cannot take credits for this. No, uh, he he's always playing with with another player, or he's playing with a hitting partner. But in the end, if there's nobody around, if you come further than the than the quarterfinals, it's it's heavier and tougher to to find someone to play with. And actually, in Pune, we didn't play a lot. He even warmed up before his final with Benjamin Bonsi. So that's pretty rare also but they're they're on a good relationship um, but in Australia I, I do I did play a lot with him uh, but it, that's his choice he knows he's got me as a backup but uh, there's always a better option <laughs> <laughs> that's very modest I, I've seen him getting his phone out and videoing, videoing you hitting the ball sometimes I mean in all truth you you have played to a pretty good level have you not yeah, I, I've played on national level and the reason why he's filming me that's because my forehand is in his eyes not so good so there are a lot of tennis coaches who are trying to fix my forehand uh, but in the end uh, it's about his tennis and his career but uh, the most important thing is that uh, you know the vibe is very good in the team we're enjoying uh, when he's playing with me. He's relaxed, you know. He can he can do what he wants. He can stop me anytime. He can he can do a drill in between. He can say to me, "Hit 100 serves." Uh, I want to return only. And if sometimes if you uh, make an agreement with another player, you also have to do a little bit what the other player wants. Yeah. So it's not easy uh, always. 
Give us an idea how much he's come on physically in two years that you've worked together. What, what's the big change that you've seen that you've been able to bring about? What are you most proud of? Well, I think his, uh, his availability for tournaments. Uh, he's he's be able to play a lot of weeks uh, in a row. And uh, that for me, that's really important because this guy is 26. He's big, he's strong, he's fit. He can do uh, good running sessions, good strength sessions. But the end, in the end, it's about playing tournaments. And uh, we find a way, we find a routine of daily work, of a daily warm-up. Uh, we do our daily, uh, our daily work in the morning. We do our recovery session. We try to uh, hit all the boxes. And I think that's really important for Talon. So it's, it's more about good habits than it is about actual change. His core's not stronger, for example, than it was, or his leg muscles aren't stronger than, than they were. It's just about doing the right things at the right time. Yeah, I, I, I think when you're doing your daily work and you, you, um, you plan your sessions really well, so you're, you're, in, you're far away from home, you're checking out, okay, you lost first round, then we can do a little bit of more uh, footwork on the court or we do a little bit more of running sessions because we're further away from our next game. But what do you do when you're in a tournament and you're still in the tournament? And since the moment that we started, we just increased the, the moments of working, not the volume, but more the moments. And uh, he seems to have uh, a, a good feeling about this must also be a nice thing for his confidence to know that he's doing the right thing at the right time and that must give him strength mentally yeah i think so i it, it's uh maybe a bit corny to say but he never said no to a session because he's got the feeling this is going to help me this evening and uh he, he he doesn't ask me how long is this session going to take he just does his thing and from that time he it gives him so much confidence if you've still got a couple more minutes, I'd love to ask you about the football because I'm a bit of a football nut and many people listening will, will know their football. Feyenoord is one of the top European clubs, the first Dutch club to win the European Cup in 1970. And while you were there, they did something special. They won the, the Dutch title. So give us a, a sense of, of how you moved from tennis to football and what, what the change was like. Yeah, I, I actually met a, a strength and conditioning coach who was working at that time as head coach uh, for, the fi for the fitness department at Feyenoord. He asked me if I could be his assistant, if I could join him to help him with the daily warm-up to do the, the speed and agility uh, stuff on the, on the field, uh, if I can help uh, with the daily uh, strength sessions. And um, But there was one problem it should be full-time and I was working at the tennis federation having uh, yeah, a pretty nice job there I like my work a lot tennis is not only my work but it's also a bit of my hobby so it was a big change in 2017 to start um, but in the end yeah in the first season after 19 years I believe uh, the first season for me they they become national champion and yeah that was something really special of course for the club for the fans, but yeah, also for me because it was a big change in my life, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed my time at Feyenoord. Obviously, a team environment, lots of different players to try and get ready for 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 matches, and the matches come around not quite as often as they do. How did the work change? Well, first of all, when you go from uh, a one-player team, you go to a 30-player team with four goalkeepers, with defenders, uh, midfielders, you have your goalkeeper coach, you have your 
fichos, like six fichos, you have like so many people around the team that uh, that's much difficult, that's much more, uh, it, it costs you a lot more energy. Uh, at the end, if you have 30 players, they're not all going to be working in the gym uh, with any passion that I have so you have like the half of the squad loves to do it the other five they need to be motivated and you also have ten who really don't want to go so it's a challenge to get all these players in the gym on the pitch doing their extra work to be uh, super fit on the Sunday because the player's not the boss there the, the player here in the tennis world is the boss, right? I mean, he hires you and he fires you. Fire Nord, somebody is telling the players to work with you. I guess it's a different, can be a different attitude. Yeah, yeah, the, the head coach is the end boss. Um, but not every head coach has the same uh, feelings with, with fitness, with, with strength and conditioning, with extra running sessions. Some of the, the, the head coaches still believe that if you do your one hour football session every day, you will be excellent on the Sunday. And I think that's not the way it goes anymore. You know, you have to invest in your movement. You have to invest in your body, daily routines. You have to go to your fisio, work on everything on your body to be a really a step ahead of your opponent. And uh, I think uh, myself and the team there made a, made a good change for Feyenoord. When I arrived, we still were um, doing our strength sessions in the stadium. Uh, the, the ceiling was that low that if a player of uh, yeah a player did a, a shoulder press, the, the bar touches the, the ceiling. So that was like the environment I was working in. But after the championship, there was so much money that they, uh, they built a new training facility that was state-of-the-art with ice beds with with a gym with media with a with the theater they have everything so yeah from that on every head coach must go in with a new flow and they couldn't resist the new gym also so football is modernizing gradually and i guess some clubs faster than others by the sounds of things it sounds like there is quite a lot of crossover between the work that you do with footballers and the work that you had done and now do with tennis players how much did you were you able to broaden your mind and learn new things from the football world that you've brought back to tennis? Well, you you have your basic daily routines with with the tennis players, but you also have that within football. And um, in football, you see a lot of contact injuries. You see a little bit more of hamstring injuries because of the high running speed. So. When you're working in football, you spend a lot of time in the warm-up with your injury prevention work. You know, every warm-up is a little bit a chance to work on your on your weaknesses. So, and I brought that back to Talon because I told him, you know, stop thinking about physical sessions, stop thinking about strength sessions. Just think about this is an additional to my tennis. Uh, I'm gonna gonna work on my weaknesses. You know, like for example, the shoulder or the abs. It's not about two times a week doing your shoulder work, you know, it's about doing your shoulder work every day. Small amounts every day, variation of exercises and not two, two times a week like really heavy chin-ups or barbell rows and then thinking, okay, I did this two times a week and now my shoulder work is done. You know, it's a daily thing, you have to prepare yourself daily. So that's something similar to between tennis and football. The other thing is it's both an agility sport, so if you invest besides the the football sessions and besides the tennis sessions you do your your agility work your movement work 
on the pitch or on the court, you will be a step ahead of your opponent. So I think the agility part is also really a similarity to both sports. Is Talon a football fan? Well, he actually told me that he's be able to score 20 goals in the Dutch league. So he oh, thinks really? he's a really good player. No, no, he loves football. He loves Manchester United. Right. He loves Ajax, so he has his two favorite clubs. He loves to do football warm-up, so I brought a little bit of football back to his tennis warm-up. You saw that in the in the previous uh, footage you have. Uh, he's a real football fan. Uh, his previous coach, Raymond Sluiter, was a super Feyenoord fan. Uh, for me, also a Feyenoord fan, so we have some big uh, challenges in the team of which club should win the national team, uh, national title. Feyenoord and Ajax are the two big rivals in Dutch football, we should add. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, no, we, we all do like our football uh, and we try to add a little bit of football in our, in our tennis uh, warm-ups. It all contributes to what looks like a, a terrific team environment. Um, can you share with us any goals that you've got for, for the rest of 2023? I mean, it, it, it feels like things are moving in the right direction as we speak. But um, what are you hoping for? What would be a good year for, for, for the team? I hope he ends up in top 30, being be able to play 25 tournaments this year without uh, big injuries. And uh, yeah, let's aim for that top 30. <laughs> I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure it's possible. Um, one last thing. On match night, do you get a, a kick of adrenaline out of it about being there in his team and about giving him energy and, and contributing to his mood in some way? You are very much a part of the team when it comes to, to tennis matches. Yes, of course. Uh, it, in the end, it all uh, goes around the matches, you know. So that's the moment we're waiting for. You know, you do your preparations, you do your, your, your trainings, but the match is the moment where we're living for. And yeah, I, I'm sometimes... Uh, really excited. Uh, Talon sometimes <laughs> says to me also relax a bit more but in the end yeah I, I would like to give him an extra hand from the side and uh, and help him with my motivational uh, claps and uh, cheering. If it helps him uh, a percentage I will give it to him. Sebastian van Bentum thank you very much for talking to us on the ATP podcast. Thank you so much.